0: I really hope you, you watching, watching, <laughs> watching and listening. I guess if you put them together, it's watching, watching and listening. Are having a great weekend so far? Please receive a big hug from me. I'm going to be relatively brief. There, these are some news stories I just had to share earlier weekend, as instead of in my a later report, because we have one of the uh, one of these news items came out yesterday. Thanks to the work of a former senior advisor of President Trump that uh, once again answer, or makes us ask the question, why isn't Hunter Biden in jail and why isn't Joe Biden impeached? We have absolute uh, more documentation coming out showing their malfeasance. We'll get to that in a second, folks. But I found this to be very interesting. I don't know if I covered Adam Gentleson. He's the chief of staff of John Fetterman. Okay. He used to actually be the uh the chief of staff, the deputy chief of staff to Harry Reid, the former uh leader uh from Nevada. He is steadfastly, immovably supporting John Fetterman, who is supposedly supposedly it, at Walter Reed because of mental illness. The guy couldn't take care of himself. We're told he didn't hydrate himself. He he wasn't feeding himself. His wife is visiting other countries, zip lining, doing other things. She is not by his side. She is not the supportive spouse, not the supportive spouse. I mean, Hey, even Pete Buttigieg stayed home with his husband when they had their uh when what was it uh, when they when they w- welcomed their adopted child home. And this is the 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 man talking about Giselle Fetterman and she can't be there for her husband. Now, obviously, if he's brain dead or out of it, but she should still be in D.C. uh giving support. No, she's uh gallivanting around, but she's got children. Yes. Yes, folks. But the Fetterman, John, uh, John Fetterman's dad, supported him all these years financially. That's right. This guy was a grown-ass man with a wife and kids still being supported by his parents. So that just tells you what a screwed-up uh, marriage that appears to be. I'm not going to judge from far away, but the signs aren't very positive. But Fetterman's chief of staff is defending his boss. Now, is this boss even alive? I don't know if you saw my video the other day. I questioned, is Fetterman even alive? Because we have the Republicans in one of the counties in Pennsylvania asking for proof of life or resignation. Very interesting. They haven't released any uh, photos or so haven't checked this morning, but as of the other day when I checked, there's no proof of life, just that he's in Walter Reed. Now, I believe that he's there. I I, I think he's probably still alive, but might he be in a vegetative state? I mean, they've lied about everything so far. This health, ha, did he have another stroke? Is the guy totally out of it? And they're just trying to hide him because they don't have, they don't want to have special elections in which they tell us the Democrats are nervous because they have a special election. Then a Republican might win. Yet, didn't Fetterman just beat a Republican for this senator race just a few months ago? Stroke patient who needs a monitor and a whole bunch of assistance, beat a world-renowned doctor that is liked by people on both sides of the aisle? John Fetterman beat that Republican, but he wouldn't beat another Republican, probably not uh, Dr. Oz, an unknown in a a special election. Lots of questions, but here's what I really wanted uh, to share with you. Back in September, on September 29th, 2017, Adam Gentleson tweeted out with a picture of President Trump while giving a speech to manufacturers, this man is not mentally fit to be POTUS. People are suffering. It's past time we had an honest conversation about Trump's mental unfitness. Wow, man is literally covering as chief of staff. Well, maybe he's got a perverse incentive in that—that's his job. Literally covering for a man that the narrative is he could not take care of himself and is therefore being essentially committed or hospitalized. Hospitalized at Walter Reed, and is somehow co-sponsoring legislation while in this state. Yet he was out there saying that we have to have an honest conversation about President Trump's mental unfitness and that President Trump is not mentally fit. Wow. But that wasn't all. March 4th, previously, Adam Jettleson had tweeted out, discussing Trump's mental health should not be taboo. It's a matter of national security and the questions are real. Wow. It should not be Taboo, according to the chief of staff of John Feleman, to talk about mental health. But we can't talk about his bosses. And I'm sure as hell, sure we can't talk about his. And then another one in 2018. Great piece by, and he's referring to someone. And but the dangers of mood stories is that they normalize Trump's apparent mental illness by lawn. Laundering abnormal levels of instability and irrationality through more accessible frames like anger and frustration. And once again, I don't know the context. I'm not going to go back to this New York Times article of 2018. But the thing is here, he talks about the normalizing of Trump's apparent mental illness. And I'm doing this as a last minute live. That's why I don't have the chat room, folks. But Google a picture of. Adam Gentleson, J-E-N-T-L-E-S-O-N, and tell me if the guy doesn't just have this air of a sociopath. Look at his eyes. You know, just seems like a true Democrat foot soldier. Okay, folks, two months in the last, in, in just the last two months. So, 2023, essentially. The Biden regime has awarded $1 billion in grants. Related to what? Their pet project. I'm not talking about Ukraine. That's all. That's not a pet project. That's a major project, which they're happy to fund. I guess this pet project is a main project as well. Climate initiatives. Now, of course, climate initiatives is kind of a nebulous term that's not really well-defined because They're pretty much giving money to grifters and to lobbyists and uh, pay-to-play schemes. They're using taxpayer money and enslaving our children with debt. Of course, this is all a sham to destroy the dollar and get us on their central bank digital currency. Not to be confused with decentralized cryptocurrency, by the way. There is a difference. I like decentralized crypto. I am not for the central bank controlling your digital money and then controlling what you can buy, how you can spend it and tracking everything you're doing. But I digress. No one really knows what these climate initiatives are, but here we go. Pointed out by the Daily Caller. The EPA announced over $250 million in grants are available to fund plans for projects combating climate uh, pollution the other day. Pushing the total number of climate grants announced this year, just 2023, to nearly one mil uh, one billion dollars. Okay, so it's mon- there's money going to every state, money going to the 67 most populated metropolitan areas, and uh, money going to Native American tribes, uh, just obvious places, right? And these are all part of the Joe Biden's five billion dollar climate pollution reduction grants program. Okay. This is all created under the Inflation Reduction Act. You see how this works? They give a title that has nothing to do with everything, and there's a whole bunch of pork inside. So the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, has all of this pork for all of these uh, initiatives that are nebulous. I mean, how is Native American tribes, I mean, how does giving money to Native American tribes really contribute to lowering the carbon footprint? I say all that to say this. Where is that money going? Who is benefiting? What did they do for Joe Biden and the Democrats prior to this that they got this pork in there? And then we have to contrast that with what's going on in East Palestine, Ohio. Here's what uh, happened at the end of February, to put this all in perspective. Joe Biden went as far as having FEMA denying any financial aid to East Palestine until Trump announced that he was going to go there. There was an active suppression of no funds for East Palestine. I would say burning chemicals into the air and ash and all this other stuff and poisoning people. I would say that that is a non-green activity. No money for East Palestine. Forget about the disrespect and everything else. No money until Trump forced the issue by just a nine that he's going. They're saying that the air is fine, even though, as I've reported, headaches and nausea, not just from the people living there, but from workers there just temporarily for the cleanup. And they weren't even supplied proper personal protection equipment while doing it. And the EPA is not even fully overlooking this. They're just telling Norfolk Southern that they need to Cleanup, and then they also ordered northern, uh, northern. Why I keep saying northern, southern? Norfolk Southern. They actually even ordered them at a time to pause the cleanup. Isn't that strange? Isn't that strange? Why? What? Why would you possibly halt the cleanup of toxic elements from a derailment, unless there's something a lot more nefarious going on here? Meanwhile, millions of dollars alone just to Native Native Americans to combat climate change and pollution. Yet we're stopping the cleanup of one of the biggest public pollution events in America. What's really going on in East Palestine? And where is this money really going? And once again, the toxins in the air, the government is looking into that. They're having Norfolk Southern do that. Very interesting. All right, I don't dabble in gossip news, even though President Trump often does. But this is one I found interesting. And I think you may as well. And so did President Trump. Kellyanne Conway, who says that she helped, and she did, contribute to the win of President Trump in 2016, is finally divorcing her husband of Lincoln Project, George Conway. Now, if you're not familiar, she, uh, Kellyanne Conway, I liked her. I liked her a lot when she was being interviewed. Very feisty, very uh, uh, forward, very uh, defensive, very uh, eloquent in her feistiness and defending President Trump and his policies. She would go on for, it seems like hours sometimes, talking to the press and calling them out. Just very, very strong. I mean... I love how they say President Trump is a misogynist and he hates women and all this other stuff. But look at the powerful great women he's had. Uh, he, he had uh, Sarah Sarah Sanders uh, Huckabee Huckabee Sanders, who is now the governor of Arkansas. So much for uh, weak women around him. And it wasn't all about looks. She's gotten criticized for being uh, on, you know, a bigger girl. Nothing wrong with that. I still love my wife when she packed on the pounds after our four kids, and I also applaud her now that she's skinny again because she's a salad eater while she keeps stuffing my face. So you had uh, Sarah, uh, uh, Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders, you had Kellyanne Conway, Kellyanne Conway, and you had McEnany. I mean, very impressive people. Compare that to Jensaki, who look Jensaki smart got to give it got to gotta give it to to, to Jen Psaki. I think she's a sociopath, but she's smart. And then Kareem Jean-Pierre uh Jackson Brown who did Trump elevate? I mean, you you, you got to look at, at at the women that Trump had in in his circle that, or that he uh, that he put up, right? Well, the Conway's have called it split. So uh, good for her. The Daily uh, Mail's reporting. Kelly Ann Conway and her husband, George, have filed for divorce after 22 years of marriage after admitting her husband's criticism of Donald Trump was a betrayal. The couple known for being political opposites have gone their separate ways after years of speculation that the pair even liked each other. Speculation, of course. Anyway. This is what President Trump had to say about the divorce. Congratulations to Kellyanne Conway on her divorce from her wacko husband, Mr. Kelly, Kelly Mister Kellyanne Conway. Free at last, she has finally gotten rid of the disgusting albatross around her neck. She is a great person and will now be free to lead the kind of life that she deserves. And it will be a great life without extremely unattractive loser by her side. So, man, uh, you know, depending on who you are, these are pretty uh, good insults you know, emasculated him by calling him Mr. Kellyanne Conway. But this is 2023, men can have babies, so whatever. And then um, she'll be able to lead the kind of life she deserves without the extremely unattractive loser by her side. And, uh, you know, Kellyanne Conway, uh, not my cup of tea. Uh, Her husband, someone pointed out in social media, a comment I saw, (laughs) that's what made me laugh at the time I read it that uh, Kellyanne Conway looks like a a, a sketch that John Belushi would play in Saturday live or, or an animal house too. Um, Okay, folks, this is what we have. We have in, we just have this in and we can thank the work of uh, this is being reported by the New York post. We can thank the work that's being done by former advisor to president Trump senior advisor, uh, Mr. Miller, Stephen Miller, who I like a lot, another very uh, I like Mr. Miller, I like how he, he, uh, how stalwart he was in his beliefs on immigration and other things, uh, but he's got this America First legal, America First legal, and this is what we have from them: the New York Post uh breaking the story yesterday. Then second son Hunter Biden coached then Vice President Joe Biden's press secretary on how to respond to media questions about him joining the board of Ukrainian natural gas company. Burisma Holdings. Wow. What about Joe saying time and time again, he had nothing to do and knew nothing about his son's business dealings. Oh, also, remember the repeated line by the press over and over again? Hunter Biden is a private citizen. It's the same thing they would say about Google and Twitter and Facebook, censoring everybody. Those are private companies. But at the same time, they applauded the corrupt Department of Justice going after the Trump children for looking at possible deals in Russia when they are and were a real estate developing family prior to getting into politics. And they're uh, wanting to shut down companies that aren't woke enough. Even those are private companies. They can do whatever they want as long as it's wokeism, but they can't. It's just the typical Marxist hypocrisy that we've heard and seen time and time again. Here's what the uh, what these emails are revealing. In 2014, there was an exchange between Hunter and Kendra Barkoff, which had not been pre- uh, previously reported. And it's the basis of a complaint sent to the Justice Department. Yesterday, alleging that Hunter Biden, fifty-three years of old, fifty-three years old, violated federal law by failing to register as a foreign agent. Remember, they put Manafort in jail over this, but of course they gave early warning to Tony Podesta, who was doing the same thing, and he got uh, advanced notice and wasn't arrested for doing the same thing that Manafort went to jail for. And here we have Hunter Biden doing it and not being having no consequences whatsoever. In fact, we can see from Attorney General Bill Barr to the current Attorney General Merrick Garland that they've just been covering for the uh, for the Biden crime family. In advising the office of the vice president how to respond to press inquiries about the appointment, Hunter Biden represented interests of a foreign principal before any agency or official of the government of the United States. This is what general counsel for Stephen Miller's America First Legal Foundation Gene Hamilton wrote to the assistant attorney general for national security, Matthew Olson. And then he quoted the relevant statute in the law. Burisma announced Hunter Biden's appointment to its board of directors on May 12, 2014. The following day, according to the complaint, Barkov sent Hunter an email saying, thanks for talking to me. Let me know who I should re- refer folks to. So he was talking. So this is how uh, Remember the uh, the Foreign Registration Act of 1938 is if you are acting on behalf of a foreign government or entity in relations to not in business but to politics you have to register as a foreign agent that you are working on behalf of a foreign agent. Well, some folks are going to say, well, Hunter Biden wasn't working for a foreign agent. He was working for a foreign company that was backed by a foreign company and speaking directly to an elected official and the staff of an elected official, his father, the then vice president. Now, I'm not going to detail this back and forth, but there are things like, what exactly are they asking? What are the press asking? Because what are the press asking the Joe Biden team about their son Hunter working for Burisma? Let's not forget that Burisma was, uh, was in was entangled with with a bunch of Russian oligarchs and former Russian politicians. Well, it was the Hunter Biden and his team that gave the narrative, according to these emails, to the then-Vice President Joe Biden's team that the talking point is, Hunter Biden is a private citizen and a lawyer. The Vice President does not endorse any particular company that has no involvement with the company for any additional questions, I refer you to Hunter's office. Wow, are we not seeing that right now with Kareem John pierre Every time something is happening about Hunter, what is Kareem John pierre the White House uh, press secretary and spokeshole for Joe Biden? Oh, you need to speak to Hunter Biden. You need to talk to the Department of Justice. Always passing the buck. That came out in 2014, that strategy of just brushing off any questions about this foreign agent the son of the then vice president and his interaction with government officials on behalf of a foreign energy company entangled with the oligarchs and politicians of that country there's other evidences like in these in these emails like references to prior conversations follow up on prior conversations so this wasn't a one-off this was a lots of back and forth including references to phone calls which are not in the emails but they all show that in fact hunter biden was counseling his then uh vice president father joe biden's office on how to handle questions about burisma great work Stephen miller Keep it up with your America first legal. Speaking of legal, now we've got this. Katie Hobbs, the governor. I'll just leave it at that. If you want the full story on that, you're going to have to go to my other show, BCP Unfiltered. You can find it at therealbcp.com, on Spotify and other podcast formats, platforms, excuse me, at bcppodcast.com. Or if you just want to go see everything I put on that I can't put on here on YouTube, just go over to bcpextras.com. So if you want to know what's going on in Arizona, Katie Hobbs, and other car- uh, other players in this, please check out my other show. I don't go into it uh, here on this platform for obvious reasons. But Katie Hobbs is refusing to carry out and is, uh, and is defying... Ruling of the state's highest court. She is refusing to carry out the scheduled April execution of a convicted murderer. Now, one might want to ask, like Mike Lachance, why is it the Democrats are always on the side of criminals? Why is it that they get to defy the decision of their Supreme Court and and their courts and just do their own thing? And why are they never held accountable for that? Fox News is reporting. Arizona Governor Hobbs vows not to carry out court ordered execution. Arizona Governor, I'm reading from Fox News. Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs vowed Friday that her administration will carry out an execution, even though the state Supreme Court scheduled it over the objections of the state's new Attorney General, who is also a Democrat. The Democratic governor's promise not to execute Aaron Gunches on April 6th for his murder conviction in a 2002 killing came a day after the Supreme Court of Arizona said it must grant execution warrant if certain appellate proceedings have included and those requirements were met on this particular case. Last week, Hobbs appointed retired U.S. Magistrate Judge David Duncan to examine the state's procurement of lethal injection drugs and other death penalty protocols due to the state's history of mismanaging executions. Under my administration, I'm sorry, if I'm going to talk like Kitty Hobbs, I'm like under my administration an execution will not occur until the people of Arizona can have confidence that the state is not violating the law in carrying out the gravest of penalties that was her statement yesterday supreme court said good to go execution warrant must be granted and she just says middle finger to the people of Arizona to norms to laws to rules to separation of powers. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. My name is Kitty Hobbs. I am not going to listen to the decision of my state Supreme Court. I am not going to, you know, campaign. I didn't campaign. I didn't debate my opponent. I run from the press. And here I am in the governor's mansion. So you guys just shut up. That was satire, parody, and a bad impersonation. Those weren't the exact words of Katie Hobbs. You're smart enough to know that. But some reviewers get a little touchy when we talk about Katie Hobbs. So I want that to be clear. If you're in Arizona, how do you feel about this? Well, apparently Democrats don't feel like they need to be around when Joe uh, Biden speaks. Check this out. 11- House Democrats decided to skip Biden's speech at the House Democratic retreat to attend a Joni Mitchell concert. I don't know who these people are, but if they're in your state, you may recognize them. Maxwell Frost, Earl Blumenauer, Steve Cohen. I've heard of Steve Cohen before. Dan Kildee, Mark Takano, Andy Kim. Andy Kim sounds familiar. Is he from California or Hawaii? Katie Porter, uh, Jayapal. Lloyd Doggett, Hillary Schulton, and Greg Kassar. So I've heard a couple of these, I guess. President Joe Biden addressed House Democrats last night, a marquee, a moment for any retreat. The speech was the first half of Biden's congressional one-two punch. He is going to uh, be speaking uh, today, Saturday, to the, De- the Senate Democratic Caucus lunch at the Capitol. Oh, by the way, there were also some Democrat senators at the concert. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Including his former opponent, Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. 81 million man can't even get people of his own party to come out and listen to him speak. They'd rather go to a Johnny Mitchell concert. I'd rather go to any concert than have to sit through Joe Biden. One of the tough parts of my job is having to sit through Joe Biden. It's painful, it's cringy, and it's very uncomfortable. And sometimes it's funny. But we shouldn't be laughing at the President of the United States. So even when it's funny, it's extremely sad and embarrassing. Embarrassing like what took place yesterday. The German Chancellor met with Joe Biden in the White House. They did not have... What they, uh, what they call, um, what do they call them? Uh, the White House is not planning to hold a press conference with Biden and Schultz, a two-by-two. Two, that's what they call it. And while there isn't a joint presser, often called a two-by-two, two, during every head of state visit, it's unusual not to offer one when a G7 leader or another important ally comes to Washington. So maybe the Germans said, we don't want to have a two-by-two two and be an embarrassing moment with Joe Biden. Let's just skip that. But here's we have yesterday, the White House tweeting out President Biden with Chancellor Schultz to reaffirm the deep bonds of friendship between the United States and Germany. The leaders are also discussed their bilateral cooperation on a range of global security and economic issues, including support for Ukraine. Well, how about this? How about Bre- President Biden with Cancer Schultz to reaffirm the deep bomb that went off on Nord Streams 1 and 2. While well, they discussed their bilateral cooperation on a range of global security and economic issues by talking about how Joe Biden sabotaged the Nord Stream pipelines, much to the detriment of Germany. In fact, the whole sad affair can be summed up in this pathetic. German chancellor meets with Joe Biden in the White House. Joe Biden doesn't have the guts. Uh, Excuse me. German chancellor meets with Joe Biden in the White House. The chancellor doesn't have the guts to rip Biden for blowing up the Nord Stream gas pipeline to Germany. Because they're all part and players in a globalist plot to destroy the Western world. We can see it with their actions and inactions. But then again, we are the tinfoil hat, folks. Whatever. Folks, enjoy your weekend. I will have coverage of President Trump's speech to CPAC uh, and other things going on this weekend. Stay tuned. I will have more for you. Until the next one, ciao. Goodbye. God bless.